My name is Keith Beavers, and I bought a lightsaber. Yeah, I just... I just bought it. What's going on, wine lovers? Welcome to episode two of Vine Paris Wine 101 Podcast. This is the bonus season. My name is Keith Beepers. I'm the tastings director of Vine Pair. How you doing? I'm very excited. I get to talk about one of my favorite wine regions in the world. Let's talk about Friuli, because if you haven't had Friuli wine, oh my gosh, you gotta get into it. Oh my gosh! This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by E&J Gallo Winery. At Gallo, we exist to serve enjoyment in moments that matter. The hallmark of our company has always been an unwavering commitment to making quality wine and spirits. Whether it's getting barefoot and having a great time, making everyday sparkle with La Marca Prosecco, or continuing our legacy with Louis Martini in Napa, we want to welcome new friends to wine and share in all of life's moments. Interested in trying some of the wine brands discussed on Wine 101? Follow the link in each episode description to purchase featured wines or browse our full portfolio at BarrelRoom.com. Cheers and all the best. So if you've been listening to Wine 101 since the first episode, I don't know if anybody's been counting, but often I will bring up the region of Friuli if, you know, if it applies. And everyone's on, on, on socials like, well, are you ever going to do a Friulian episode? And I'm like, I want to so bad, and here we are. Here we are. I, I got to say, I love wines from this region um, more than a lot. I mean, not more than a lot. I love all the wines from Italy. I've, I had an Italian restaurant and wine bar for 10 years. I, I love Italian wine. But there are certain regions that I just have to have a special place in my soul. And Friuli, the wines of Friuli is one of those places. And what's really amazing about this, and it just boggles my mind, is these wines are great. And we don't, we're, they're there, they're here on the American market, but we don't often just pick them up because we don't know what they are. The, but it, it's, what's amazing, like I just said, <laughs> is that there are a lot of wines from Friuli, not a lot, there's a few wines from Friuli that we know, that you know. You just may not know that it's, oh, it's from Friuli, or where it's from in Friuli and all this stuff. So... Let's talk about this awesome place and get ready to get excited because you're going to want to go out there and find some of these wines. They're, you, may have already, you may already be drinking some of them. So remember last episode we were talking about Spain and we are talking about how Spain is comprised of 17 autonomous regions. Well, Italy has five of those and one of them is tucked away all the way in the northeastern corner of Italy. And it is bordered to the east by a country called Slovenia. It's bordered to the north by Austria. It's bordered to the west by the Veneto, so Italian wine, Italian region, and bordered to the south by the Adriatic Sea. This autonomous region is called Friuli Venezia Giulia. And it's a it's a it's an autonomous region that stretches. It kind of straddles across not only Italy but Slovenia and parts of Croatia. And the region, the Italian region of Friuli, takes up the main geography of this area. And it's a little bit complicated. But what's so cool is that 
one of the reasons why this is an autonomous region is because of the, basically the surrounding countries, Austria and Slovenia, in that because the political borders have changed a bunch of times in this area, there are three distinct cultures that exist here and three distinct languages that are spoken. There's Italian, there's Slavic, and then there's Germanic. So because of the just the melting pot of these cultures and each culture having its own identity, that's why it's an autonomous region. But Friuli, which is Italian in Italy, does exist in this region. I know it's confusing. Autonomous regions are a little bit foreign to us, but that's how it works out. And there's so much I want to talk about with Friuli. I have to focus here. The thing is, when it comes to Appalachians, you know, we talk about, there's, we have a, whole, have a whole episode on Appalachians, and, you know, we talk a little bit about Italy. And Friuli itself, it's a small-ish region, but it has four DOCGs and 12 DOCs. So it has a lot of wine Appalachians in there. The things I can't, of course, we're not going to get into the details of every one. So what I want to do is I want to give you a sense of Friuli. I want to give you a sense of the kind of wine that is made and consumed here. And just get you excited about what's what kind of wines come out of here so you can go out and look for them. Being in the foothills of the Alps, it's actually called the Julian Alps, which I believe the foot, that's where the Julia comes from, from um, Friuli Venezia Julia. And interestingly enough, Venezia, which means Venice, is actually not in this region. That's the Veneto, but that's another thing. Some of the best wines from Friuli come from the hills. And there are a couple of these wine regions, or these appellations, that start with the word coli, or colio, which means hill. And there are two appellations that define this. They literally hug the hills. One more to the north, called Collo Orientali. Collo, meaning hill. And Orientali just meaning the oriented. I believe it just means the oriented hills of this area. And then just south of that is another appellation or DOC called just Collio. And these hills hug the Alps. It's like the foothills of the Alps. And it's literally a stone's throw, you know, figuratively speaking, from Slovenia to the east. And what's wild is over in Slovenia, just over there, there's a really great wine region called Gershka Berda. And they make wine from some of the same indigenous grapes of this area that, the, that some of the winemakers do just over the border in Friuli, specifically a little town, little town, a beautiful town called Gorizia. They just make it, just the names are different because the, the language is different. It's, it's awesome. But these two appellations, the Colo Orientali and Colio, this is where you're going to see most of the wines on the American market. Immediately south of these two appellations is a third appellation on a peninsula where the capital town of Trieste is. And on this peninsula, it has an appellation, and the wines that are coming from there are very cool. We're going to talk about in a second. And then just west of that, in the actual valleys, west of the hills, is a bunch of rivers. And there's a very famous river called Sonzo, and that is actually its own wine region. I'll, I'll pick up on that just a little bit. And I just want to get those out of the way just because every DOC, every appellation has their own rules. But generally speaking, and how we on the American market can help to start understand freely, 
is that it's famous for its international varieties, basically French varieties, but it thrives also on its native varieties. And a lot of this has to do with, you guessed it, phylloxera. Phylloxera decimated the indigenous population of varieties in this region. And to build back a lot of um, international, quote-unquote, international varieties were planted in its place. Eventually, the native varieties came back, but by that time, the Friulian winemakers had kind of taken a page from the German winemaking and started working with something called temperature control and stainless steel in the 1960s and 1970s, making very fresh, clean, crisp wine from grapes like Pinot Grigio, Sauvignon Blanc, and making really nice sort of medium-bodied, well-structured Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon. And those wines are, to this day, still wonderful and being, you know, these varieties are still being used in Friuli, but so are the native varieties. So every, almost every winemaker or a lot of winemakers will have a a, a line of single variety wines. You're not going to see a lot of blends. You will see blends, but it's going to be, it's going to have a lot of single variety wines and they're definitely going to have the international varietals and they're definitely going to have their native varieties. But to tack on some more awesome is that not only is it German influenced, but it's Slovenian influence. So not only do you have these, you know, indigenous varieties, international varieties being made from wine, but then the styles are also different in that this is the land of amber or orange wine. I mean, that part, the, the, just over the border freely into Slovenia and that part of the world Orange wine is a big, big part of tradition over there. I mean, it stemmed from survival, and this is how wine had to be made because they didn't have the the, the equipment or technology for it. And then it became a style. Actually, for a long time in Gorizia, I I had the opportunity to go to Friuli finally a few years ago, and it was just amazing. And I was talking to a winemaker, Primusic. Oh, my gosh, if you guys get to try Primusic, Awesome wines. They're from Gorizia, just on the border of Slovenia. And Nicholas Primasic, the current, well, the youngest of the winemakers, told me a story where he wants to make orange wine, but his grandfather was like, why would you want to do that? Because back in the day, orange wine was more of a survival wine, but they evolved into more, you know, non-orange wine, just making white wine. They had more technology and they had more equipment. And so when Nicholas wanted to go and make orange wine again, his grandfather was like, why would you? I think I just find that really awesome. So Primusich, by the way, guys, they make great orange wine. Awesome. Okay, I'm aware of my excitement, and I hope you guys are getting a sense of this awesome place and this confluence of cultures. And you can see that also in the varieties. From Austria, there's Riesling and a grape called Müller Turgau, which makes white wine. From the French imports, which basically came you know, in the, I think it was in the 19th century, but it was, these are the varieties that helped after phylloxera. Pinot Bianco, Pinot Grigio, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Merlot, Pinot Noir, and Carmenere. That's a long list of French varieties. And here is where I have to say, some of the most expressive, smooth, structured, 100% Merlot wines come from this place. 
I, they're, they're beautiful. They're supple. They're smooth. They have wonderful acidity. The tannins just melt into the wine. They're wonderful. Merlot from Friuli is just great. Also, the majority of the Pinot Grigio that you guys drink is from Friuli. Some of the best Pinot Grigio in the world, in my opinion, is in those, those Appalachians that hug the border of Slovenia and the Alps. And not all, but a lot of Pinot Grigio that you drink on the American market is from Friuli. And some of the best Pinot Grigio coming out of Italy is, are in those Appalachians that hug the Alps, that hug the border of Slovenia, that have the, the, the word hill in their name, Coli or Colio. And actually, one of my favorite Pinot Grigio wines from this area is very available on the American market. The name of the wine is called Yerman, and they make, it's in screw cap, just buy it. It's, it's, it's wonderful, and it will show you how Pinot Grigio can have depth and character. It's great. Also, you notice the, la- the, the last two, the, the, these two wineries that I mentioned, one is German, that's very Germanic, and Primasic, which is very Slavic, right? So cool. And one more thing about these international varieties that kind of blows my mind, and I hope it blows your mind too. <laughs> we talked about the peninsula, where the capital city of Trieste is. Oh my God, that city, Trieste. The, the, it's like an espresso capital of the world. It's, it's an amazing place. North of Trieste is a wine region called Carso. And this is here is where we have the first orange wine to ever make it onto the American market, but it looked like a rosé, so we all called it rosé, but it's really an orange wine. What? Yeah. What's popular in this area is to make Pinot Grigio, but to let it rest on the skins, so therefore kind of doing the orange wine thing. We'll get into this in another episode very soon. And because Pinot Grigio has a little bit of color in the skin, which I talk about in a previous episode, just check out the episode about Pinot Grigio, the resulting color is almost like a copper color. And in Italian, that is copper is ramato. These wines are spectacular. They look a little bit like rosé, and it's really interesting because, like, the copperiness doesn't always come out. It doesn't, sometimes it just has a little more of a sort of a dark pinkish look to it. But they're wonderful, and they're technically orange wines, amber wines, because they are skin contact. So if you go to an Italian wine bar or you're an Italian wine shop, ask them about Ramato. It's very refreshing. It's awesome wine. But I want to talk to you, wine lovers, about the native varieties in this area. Now, Friuli is primarily a white wine producing region. I think almost 80%, like 77% of the wines made in Friuli are white. And that's great. The Sauvignon Blancs, oh, so clean and crisp coming out. They're, they're, they're awesome. And the Chardonnays, forget about it. Okay, where it gets really interesting are the native varieties. One of the imports from France I did not mention was a grape from southwest France called Savionnaise. It, I think that's how it's pronounced. It has a Sauvignon in it, but it was one of a kind of a blending varietal, and it was introduced too freely, and they took it, and they called it Tokai, and then they called it Tokai Friulano, and now it's just called Friulano. And it's uh, in, in its home over in southwest France, it's kind of a... Not neutral, but it's an easy drinking wine. It's really chill. But in here, in, in Friuli, 
the Friulano grape makes a different kind of wine. Yes, it is kind of clean and refreshing, but it has depth and it, it has good acidity. It's a great food wine. This is a Thanksgiving white wine, Friulano. Little side note, the name was changed because in Hungary, there's a wine called Tokai made from the ferment grape and there was a lot of confusion and the story is complicated, but the Friulano's like, fine, we'll just call it Friulano. Another white wine you're going to see around is a wine made from the grape Ribola Jala. This is sort of like, it's very, almost like the acidity is so, it's, it's almost frothy. It's not, there's no bubbles in it, but the acidity is so high, but the body of the wine is almost, it has some depth to it. And it, it almost feels when you're drinking it that it's a little bit frothy. Oh, but it can be so well done. And Ribola Jala is often made into an amber wine. Actually, over in Slovenia, they call it Ribula. But in, in, in Italy, they call it Ribola Jala. Primosic, by the way, they have a great Ribola Jala. There are other white wine grapes, but you're not going to see a lot of them on the American market. You will maybe see Verduzzo, which is sort of almost like an easy drinking everyday white wine sometimes. Well, on the American market, it can be more so over in, in, in Friuli. And a very interesting white wine grape called Vitovska, which is actually, a fr- well, it's, it's Friulian, but it's also Slovenian. This is actually of a, a, a grape that is uh, the progeny of the Prosecco grape Glera, and a specific Malvasia grape called Malvasia Bianca Lungo, which is actually the variety of white Malvasia that was used to blend into Chianti when they were blending white wine into that. I just, it's, it's awesome. And Vitovska is just, it's, it's like it has the Malvasia vibes. It's a little bit musky, but it has like the Glera vibes, so it has a high acid. It's a very awesome wine with like some stinky artisanal cheeses. And the Reds, wine lovers, the Reds. You have Schiopetino. It's almost like a, almost like a Cab Franc Syrah thing. It's just awesome. You're not going to see a lot of it around, but if you see Schiopetino, try it. It's awesome. Great with pork. And then there's Pignolo, which is almost, I mean, it's dark, deep, inky, higher alcohol. It's almost like a modern Syrah, but more acidity and a little bit more structure and balance. But if Friulano is the region's sort of white wine grape, Friuli's red wine grape is a grape called Refosco. Wine lovers, please, if you can, try to find Refosco. It is going to, I don't know, you're going to really enjoy it. If you like Merlot, like the soft, supple fruit of Merlot, but you like the nice, subtle pepperiness of a good Cab Franc and the structure of a Merlot and sort of a Pinot Noir, that's Refosco. Yes, it can be kind of inky as well, but man, these wines, they're they're very um, very. I get how do I say this? They're, they're, they remind me of the hills of Gorizia or Friuli in the the Colli Orientale. Drinking a Refosco reminds me of being in those hills. It, it is it is good with gamey meat. It's good with cheeses. I actually had the pleasure and opportunity to go with the Primasic family to down to Trieste, and we went to this amazing restaurant we got piles and piles of meat and drank refosco while they played accordion it was awesome refosco is a wine that once you enjoy it once you try it you're like why haven't i not tried this before and the thing about these wines the whites and the reds is they don't always have a bunch of oak on them i mean they do have oak but not all the time they're made in all different kinds of ways stainless steel is a big deal in friuli is is part of their identity Orange and amber wine is part of their identity. It's when you get 
west of the hills down in the lower lying areas were all these like five rivers that crisscross. There's a wine appellation named after one of them called Isonzo. And this is a, you're, you're getting more of a small batch, small barrel maturation type wine. Now, the, what's cool about this area is the wines have these wonderful sort of Burgundian like structures to them. But they, they're, they're, I don't know, they're, they're awesome. One of the most well-known ones that you guys should check out is Livio Faluga. And I mentioned that because this is why Friuli is so great. Livio Faluga is oft, obviously an Italian name. Primasic is obvi- obviously Slavic. Yerman is obviously Germanic. All three of these winemakers make amazing wine. I just love that this region is this confluence of all these cultures making amazing stuff. I hope this got you guys excited about Friuli. And um, I'm going to peace out and go have a bottle of Refosco. Find Pear Keith is my Insta. Rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps get the word out there. And now for some totally awesome credits. Wine 101 was produced, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the Vine Pear headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mallon for creating Vine Pear. And I mean, big shout out to Danielle Grinberg, the art director of Vine Pear, for creating the most awesome logo for this podcast. Also, Darby Seaside for the theme song. Listen to this. And I want to thank the entire Vine Pear staff for helping me learn something new every day. See you next week. This episode of Wine 101 is sponsored by EMJ Gallo Winery. At Gallo, we exist to serve enjoyment in moments that matter. The hallmark of our company has always been an unwavering commitment to making quality wine experience. Whether it's getting barefoot and having a great time, making everyday sparkle with LaMarca Prosecco, or continuing our legacy with Louis Martini and Napa. We want to welcome new friends to wine and share in all of life's moments. Interested in trying some of the wine brands discussed on Wine 101? Follow the link in each episode description to purchase featured wines or browse our beautiful portfolio at barrelroom.com. Cheers and all the best.